All right, into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports, where the unofficial home of your 11 and 17 Boston Red Sox. Big L over there. Uh, Jared Skelly here again on Couch Guy Sports. We are on iTunes. Go subscribe on iTunes. We are on Spotify at Into the Triangle on Twitter. Um, please go rate and review us on iTunes. That's going to be the biggest helper as we get kicked off here. Um, no guests this week. It happens, but we have a good amount of topics to talk about. We're not going to be a massive pessimistic show this week because there is a couple bright spots. And as you may know, Al and I hate when the Red Sox lose, like most of you probably do. And this yes. is going to be a very, very long summer if the Red Sox continue to lose. But one bright spot, and we're going to start here, is Michael Chavis. Now, the Ice Horse the, Chavis. The Ice Horse Chavis himself. Now, this isn't someone that we expected to see this year, Al, at all. Oh, no, not at all. And when you, when you came into the season thinking, okay, this Red Sox team, same team as last year, defending World Series champs, yada, yada. We weren't expecting them to need to worry about bringing up prospects. Nope. I, I mean, I assumed at some point Michael Chavis might see the field later on in the year. But I figured we'd see Delvin Fer- uh, Feldman before we'd see Michael Chavis. And... Mind you, I wasn't even sure what you'd get from Chavis seeing he, you know, he was the guy who did get popped for PEDs in the minor leagues. So the fact that he got called up early, obviously due to injury, Pedroia on the shelf, Nunez on the shelf, uh, they're both working their way back. Holt on the shelf too, I think. Holt, Holt still on the shelf. So it kind of made it happen where he kind of was needed for depth piece, but he's pretty much playing every night now. And Al, he's making a case to stay up here. Like if you're the Red Sox, you, you look at what he's done. Already has his first major league homer. He has three homers already, all moonshots, like oh, bombs. Moon, Mikey moon bombs. I'm telling like, you, the name has to stick. Mikey moon bombs. I like the first home run he hit at Fenway. That thing was a probably hit to Kenmore Square and then some. It might even hit it to Maine for all I know because that thing was just gone. And his swing is pure. He, the, we talked about this a little bit last week. The one hand swing gets to me because not a lot of people do it anymore, but like he makes it look pretty. And then tonight, uh, and we t- obviously had a bad week, but you know they're playing the A's as we record this. Had a nice two-run double, and just simple ball up the middle, right to, to to bring in two runs, and the Red Sox had a lead because of that. And this kid looks ready now. Obviously, we know he hasn't been groomed to be your second baseman yet, but defensively, he hasn't been that much of an issue. You know, Rafael Devers has been a bigger issue defensively, which we'll get to later on in the show. Um, but you you look at Michael Javis and like. What would be the reason for him to ever come off this team right now? Dustin well, Pedroia is hurt. Rafael Nunez, uh, not Rafael Nunez, uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Nunez, Nunez is yep. coming back. But don't you still rather Chavis at that point? Because what is Nunez really going to give you? You have to keep Chavis up here just for the simple fact that he brings a spark to this lineup. The fact that there is some actual power in that bat of his. I mean, if you think about it, Jared, I think of like the seven hits or so he has so far. At least four or five of them have been extra base hits. Yep. And the thing, and you and you just talked about it too. He was a guy that came up through the minor leagues as a corner infielder. How many guys are athletic enough where they can transition from being a corner infielder to a middle infielder where you have to learn double play feeds and all that, a whole new position, and be able to do it very well? Javis has proven that he is the guy that the Red Sox have kind of needed to add a little spark to their still shitty season. But what's the point of bringing him back down. I mean, Eduardo Nunez, we know, is very unreliable in the field. We know that Brock Holt, yeah, he can give you a little bit of something, but he's not that consistent, even though I love Brock Holt. And Dustin Pedroia, we talk about every week he should retire and go hit the golf course somewhere. So what's the point in keep? What's the point in moving Chavis back down? He's succeeding at the major league level. You look at what the Red Sox have in dilemma. It's it's timing. It's Dustin Pedroia, like we said, Brock Holt and, all, and Nunez all working their way back. 
it really is a matter of when they all end up doing it. Like, if do they all come back at the same time? Um, we know Nunez is now rehabbing and playing games, so he'll be back soon. Yep. But if they all don't come back at the same time, and, and Chavis has one or two more strong outings, and, and tonight was is one of them, I think, already, does he make a case to maybe not bring Pedroia back as fast as possible? Does Pedroia see the writing on the wall and maybe just retire like we've talked about? Because to Pedroia, he was even talking about the injury and someone asked him and he said, you know what, if this isn't it and I can't play again, then I don't have any regrets. So you know what? The retirement seeds in his head too. And it has to be. If, if it's not, then he's an idiot. But you look at yes. this, it's all timing. The way, the, the way this Chavis thing's probably going to work out. Well, also too, if you think about it, if you had to move one of these guys down, whether it was a Nunez or a Holt and not bring them back at the same time, let's just say you do bring them back all at the same time and they're all getting time at the major league level. That means a guy like Steve Pierce might have to go. That means a guy like Mitch Moreland, God forbid, with the start that Moreland had to this season. But lately, I think he was 0 for 13 coming into his lap, uh, from his last three games coming into tonight. Mm-hmm. So, so you have somebody there that has to go down or you put him on waivers or release him. So the thing is, I think Pedroia retiring to keep a kid like Chavis up, it solves a lot of problems. Yeah. Pedroia right now is getting in the way. Um, and this is something that I've said the last couple of years, especially last year where he didn't play, but Dustin Pedroia really is actually getting in the way now. And this is, and obviously, like, I'm not trying to overreact to Michael Chavis because it is a small sample size, right? It's what, eight games, but you look at what he's done. It, it's a spark plug conversation because you looked at the rest of the team. There hasn't been much energy. Like they say they want to play and they say they want to win, but like what energy really has been exerted on the field? Really none. And you look at this kid now, he has a personality. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, he's been going at people who have been bashing him for his religion, religious beliefs. So that's a personality that you don't expect. He's hit nope. the crap out of the ball and defensively he hasn't been bad. And you know what? That's okay because second base right now, since Pedroia has been hurt and hasn't been fully Pedroia, what, three years now, three years ago, like, he has been a situation where the second base position has been a revolving door of meh. So you look at what you need to expect from this position, and Eduardo Nunez, Dustin Madroya, and Brock Holt, I think the three of them on the roster together aren't necessarily the best idea when you have Chavis there to kind of help figure it out in that sense. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know what, <clears throat> this team's got to figure it out. They have to figure out what the hell is going on. You think guys like Mookie Betts are going to turn a corner. You think guys like, you know, just guys from last year, like Rafael Devers, who, like we said, we'll talk about it later on in the show. But you think they're going to turn this corner, and they still haven't done it yet. Everybody thought that they might have, you know, seen the light a little bit when they swept the Rays last weekend. Then all of a sudden, they split with a shitty Tigers team, and then they get swept in a weekend series. Granted, it was only two games. <clears throat> but they still got swept by the Rays. And they're lucky to be winning against the Athletics right now. So it's just a matter of when is this total team going to turn a corner? Can a guy like Chavis help bring the whole team up? No. But can he provide a little spark that they need, like we've said several times? Yes. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Who's producing for me now? And that's what Chavis is doing. Al, serious question. Oh, God. Serious question. Al, I'm not joking here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Would you rather a guy who can hit moon bombs over the monster and on the light tower where the coke bottles used to be fun fact there used to be coke bottles on the light towers for those of you who don't remember you youngins you millennials you 
Go back and Google it. I'm not lying. There were Coke it's, bottles. It, on, it was pretty cool. On the light tower when the netting was still there. There were no seats in the monster. Again, for you millennials. Yeah, there I know. Used to, there weren't always seats at Fenway Park on the Green Monster. Shocking. Just shocking. Shocking. I know. We know. Google it. You might, you're blind. Your mind might be blown a little bit. You, you guys are good with the internet. Figure it out. Yeah, you, you go on Google all the time anyway. Yeah, figure it out. But serious question now. Would you rather that kind of player or a guy who can barely walk with a bum knee uh, a little dude utility player who has one hell of a son in terms of a little nugget, but can't other that. Or a dude who, you know what, hasn't been great since the when he first got here in Eduardo Nunez. Wouldn't you rather the guy you hit moonshots over the monster? Please hold. Please hold. Do, 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 do. Uh, yes, confirmed. I would want the guy that hits uh, moon bombs. Yes. Okay. Can confirm. Okay. Can confirm. So Big Al answered the mysterious question. Michael Chavis should stay up here. Ding, ding, ding. Correct answer. Keep him up. Keep him up. Please Dave, keep him up. Dave Dombrowski, you ride this? Yes. He's not going to stay this hot. He's not going to stay this clutch. But maybe maybe I'm wrong there too because this kid always has been known to hit. Like that's the thing. That That's why he's right now the top prospect in the system. Um, Definitely the best inf- infielder in the system. What? That's what he's been known for. It's the he could always hit. He's got to figure out defensively. Right now he's hitting, what, sixth, seventh in the lineup. Some nights like – you need a guy like this. Just if he's hitting well, keep him consistent, ride the wave, and then to, once he starts to struggle, maybe send him back to Pawtucket then. But right now, he cannot go down because honestly, I don't know why this team is losing now. Like I don't get it, but I also know why they've, they've had some success lately because someone like him and Michael Chavis is a spark plug and with a team that has zero energy right now. You know what the scariest part of all is, Jared? Do you do you want to know what the scariest part of all is? Um, I'm a little nervous now. I'm scared. Michael Chavis isn't even hitting above 250. So if he can figure it out for average, too, oh, my God, look out rest of the MLB. Because not only will he have the power aspect, but he'll be able to consistently hit pitchers. So that's a pretty scary thought considering that, like you said, top prospect in the whole organization. So that's pretty That's pretty exciting to think about if you're a Red Sox fan and if you're looking long-term at this team. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it long-term. If it works out the way they're thinking, Rafael Devers at third, Tanner Bogarts at short, Michael Chavis at second, and then player to be named later at first base. Whether it's Tristan, Tristan Cassis. Free agent, Christian Cassis. Wh- wh- whoever you think might be viable. I know Sam Travis is still down there too. He's a viable option. Um, CEO of our lovely network, Nick Quags, loves him. Like, <laughs> has a hard O for him every time he sees him on TV. So, Quags, if you're listening, and there he goes. Nick's finished. Okay, we're good. Okay, so. Look. Oh, uh, breaking news. Xander Bogarts just struck out on an outside corner fastball. Surprise, surprise. Okay, I'll, I'll defend my binky all day. I love Xander Bogarts. He's my Oh, uh, let, let, let's get into it. Oh, he, my gosh. He's my binky. But, okay. <laughs> one thing, as much as we want to stay positive with Michael Chavis, one thing I want to ask you, and this might lead into a new segment called Big Al just bitching for a whole minute. Um, <laughs> I want to know why this team's losing, Al, because it, it really is mysterious to me. And, and well, Chris Sales is the last topic of the night because I'm I'm still puzzled by that situation. But this team as a whole, I really don't get it anymore because, like you talked about, we sweep the Rays. We think they tar- have a turning point. Getting excited, screw you, Tampa. Like we're we're still the best team. F off. And then out of nowhere, you come back to a four game set in the Tigers, lose a doubleheader, both games with the doubleheader. Then you split somehow, miraculously split with the Tigers, and then the Rays come into town, who you just swept. And then they sweep you at home. Yeah. And now you're barely beating the Oakland A's. So 
Al, I, I genuinely want to hear your take on this, not not to be sarcastic here, but like what the fuck is going on with this Red Sox team? And why in the hell is this are they still struggling now a month in? It's actually been a month now and they're still this bad at eleven and seventeen. They're showing all the signs of a bad team. It doesn't matter what level you're at, whether it's the MLB level, the college level, the high school level, it doesn't matter what level you're at. The Red Sox are so inconsistent, it's not even funny, and it's beyond words. When their starting pitching actually shows up and gives them a solid outing, the offense isn't there to back them up. When the offense goes out and gives you, you know, five, six, seven runs a game, the bullpen will blow it for you. The three aspects, the starting pitching, the relief pitching, and the hitting is not together. Their defense you never need to worry about because their defense is solid all around. But the pitching, the the, the total pitching – starting and relieving, and the hitting, it just hasn't come together in a consistent form yet. And it's very frustrating to see because you think they pull it off, like we talked about. They swept the Rays. You're thinking, okay, it's finally coming all together. They're going to figure it out. This is going to ride off into, you know, seven or eight game win streak. But then all of a sudden, they go back to being this inconsistent team. They go back to being the teams after the World Series years that suck. And you just can't stand it. So I think it's just a honestly, and I think it has something to do with what you said last week, Jared. They're just riding the 2018 wave. They think that they can just show up and think, oh, we won a World Series last year. We can just show up and win. That's not how it is in the MLB. The Kansas City Royals can come in and beat you if you don't show up. Who won a World Series a few years ago. And look what happened to them. 2014. Yeah, so you look at this team and it's, uh, guys, it's the same team. The roster is the same. The bullpen is the biggest question mark, and it always has been, and, and I can bitch about the bullpen for two hours because you don't have anybody. You know, I don't trust thank, anybody. Thank God Joe Kelly sucks in L.A. right yeah, now. Yeah, it makes me feel thank a little God. better about that one. But Ryan Brazier, probably the only guy in the bullpen I trust right now. That's probably yep. it. Um, you have other guys in that bullpen who are closing. That, I mean, they're throwing crucial innings. That I don't even know their names. And when you when they you tell me their name, I don't even know who they are. Like Colton Brewer, Colton, like Marcus what, Walden, like, like Horacio Ramirez. What's a what's a Colton Brewer? Like what is that? Is I think that, it's a night. I think it's a new form of beer. That's what I thought. I was like, is it a craft IPA? Like is is it a pale ale? I'm not a sour guy. Is that what is that what it is? Is Colton Brewer it, sour? Whatever it is, I think you and I are going to need a couple of those uh, down the line if this Red Sox team keeps this up. But continue. It, it pisses me off that continuously, and this is this is David Dombrowski thing. He's never been able to pull a bullpen. We know that. That was the storyline last year. And then, miraculously, Alex Cora pressed all the right buttons. The bullpen ended up being the starting rotation, and the World Series was won. If anyone thought that that wasn't going to just be fixed well, overnight, they're idiots. Who actually would have thought the bullpen was going to be fixed? And then they didn't do anything in the offseason to fix the bullpen. And that's where it struggles with me is, like you mentioned now, right, the three keys are the offense, the defense, and it's like the pitching staff as a whole, right? Those are the three, obviously, parts of the baseball team. It's like Belichick, Belichick right? Offense, defense, yeah. special teams. And, and the defense you don't even need to worry about. Yeah. So that's why I broke it down to starters, relievers, yeah. and hitting. Because those are the three. Yeah. Starters have been fine for the most part. They they figured it out, minus Chris Hill, which we'll get to. The bullpen sucks ass, and the offense hasn't been consistent when the bullpen— You know what I mean? Like, the offense hasn't been terrible. Like, they've gotten runs this year, but it hasn't yeah. been on the same length as the, the pitching. And that's been the problem. And last year, almost all year, they both were clicking all the time. Again, that's how you win a hundred and what eighteen games total. So yeah, look, was... th- that's how you do that. That when it clicks all the time. What I didn't expect them to have a record-breaking year again this year, but they might even make the playoffs if they keep this up. And I know it's April, almost May now, but a month in, I am not confident that we're gonna have a baseball season past June. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of hard to think about when you're already thinking, okay, what moves can be made at the trade deadline? And you're talking about, so I 
made an appearance last night on the Benny and the Bets podcast. Go check that out on iTunes. Besides our lovely podcast, ours is probably better. Sorry, Terry Cushman. But they were talking about how they could potentially be trading Mookie Betts at the trade deadline. Potentially be talking about J.D. Martinez, who I actually brought up, at trading him at the deadline. If it gets to that point, you know where the Red Sox are in trouble. Do I think it's going to get to that point? No. But would I put it past them at this point with their past track record after winning World Series? I- I'm, I'm going to leave that door open, honestly. I'm going to leave it open. I think we have to admit, Alan, it's hard saying this in April because, I mean, April – it doesn't mean as much as we think it does, but like, I mean, look at Dustin Pedroia's rookie year. I hate to use him as an example because I want him retiring, but like the first month of his career, he hit like 100, maybe even sub 100 for April, and then he won rookie of the year. Oh yeah, he stunk. He so stunk like, in that first month. I'll give it till the end of May to see what they look like a month from now, but people have to start understanding this. This might be a fringe playoff team paddling for a wild card. To, if to maybe even give them a chance to defend their world championship. So, yes, you know, the last step, they still have to go to the White House. They're doing that this week, next week. Um, uh, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll it, look that up. It's soon uh, because I know David Price isn't going. Cora is still on the fence. So it, it's happening this week or next. Don't really care because I wouldn't go if I was them either. But nope. I look at this team. When this podcast comes out, it'll be April, what, 30th, Tuesday. Last day of April. So you might listen to this in May. Who knows? When this when this month flips, they better flip with it. Or this team is perennially screwed. And yes. one thing that concerns us, and this is an, an Al situation here because he brought this up before we even recorded, was Rafael Devers defensively. Now, Chavis is also a solution at third base. And this is why I kind of want to talk about this together too. Because if Devers really does struggle continuously at third base, do you keep Chavis up and let him play third? Because he naturally is a third baseman, right? Yeah, we know this. Correct. Um, correct. And second base is being forced on him, which isn't a bad thing because if you can have the three of them coexist in the infield together, right, that's okay. That's a good thing. But if you need Chavis to play third base, he can. But you also have Nunez and Brock Holt who can play third base. Pedroia really is the odd guy out, but you look at Devers defensively. Al, I know you're pissed, so I'm just going to sit back and let you go for a second because the way Rafael Devers looks defensively, I didn't really think about it because I trust his bat. And, again, the whole team sucked, so it hasn't really stood out to me as much as it might have to you the baseball coach inside you. What has pissed you off so much about Rafael Devers to need this time to vent yourself about everything in his footwork, whatever it is? Go. Before I get into that, I got two pieces of breaking news, so I need the breaking news music. Pew, 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 breaking news, pew, pew, pew. Uh, Michael Chavis, another RBI for him. Another RBI. He's the greatest baseball player of all time. And Jackie Bradley Jr. struck out looking on a slider right down the pipe. Greatest strikeout baseball player of all time. Okay, yes. To go on with Devers, holy shit. Rafael Devers does not know how to feel the ground ball. He doesn't know how to approach a ground ball. He doesn't know when to take his time with the throw. He doesn't know when to put something on it to get a close play at the base, whether it's first or second. He just doesn't know how to play third base. Yes, he has a great bat. I don't even think his bat is that good, to be completely honest, because you know what? He swings like a damn little leaguer who's just trying to hit the ball as hard as he can and swing out of his ass. And you know what? I've said it before to people, and I'll say it again. Some people have actually credited me for this. Rafael Devers' swing is so damn long. That's why he strikes out on anything 95 and up. Sorry, I know we're getting into his hitting. We're talking about his defense, but his defense sucks too. It's just unbelievable how you're play- you now are going to be getting a full year third base underneath your belt, and you still cannot figure out how to feel the ground ball and throw a ball to a base 
Are you shitting me? You're at the MLB level. Figure it out. You good? Yes. <laughs> you good? Rafael Devers defensively is something that I look at and go, not the biggest of issues on my list with this team, for sure. Um, nah. It's definitely something that can be solved short-term and long-term, but I look at where that falls on my list. Bullpen's one. Chris Sale's one A. That that that's a lump I put together. Dustin Pedroia still being around might be one B, and then you go from there. But you're right. Rafael Devers needs to be trusted defensively. I don't think right now he can be trusted defensively, and that is where nope the problem lies. Long term, we'll see how this works out because honestly, last year he was okay defensively. He wasn't terrible. So this might just be a you know let's play as bad as the rest of the team so I don't stand out type of thing. I'm just gonna hang out with my boys. You know, like maybe just being a good teammate now. Maybe he just wants to make his teammates feel better about how much they're sucking. So let's just not play as well at their base. He he just he wants everybody to just be relaxed and be like, okay, just trust me here. I make mistakes too. I'm a little kid. I'm 13 years old. Not really, but. You know, I'm a young one too, and I can make mistakes. If I can make mistakes, you can too. It's okay. Let's it's all a- let's all make mistakes together because we're all trying. You know where I think this Red Sox team hangs out? Oh God, I- I'm scared. Where? Not Weenie Hut Juniors, but Super Weenie Hut Juniors. Oh God! Oh God! Jared, no! Don't say it. Don't say it again. Don't do it. Don't I think do this it. Red Sox team are Super Weenie Hut Junior people. I think that's where this team's at. They they just don't want to. Th- they're not at the the rusty platoon or whatever that place was called. The salty platoon. <laughs> salty salty splatoon. Splatoon. Yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh. Good old days. Ah, uh, the good old Nickelodeon days. This team belongs and probably goes after school to Weenie Hut Juniors. Can we just talk about that? If this Red Sox team continues to suck the way they do, we might have to do a podcast episode just based on '90s Nickelodeon cartoons. Oh, I'd enjoy that very much, though. I, I think that would actually bring some excitement to our lives. Because if, if this team, honestly, if this team isn't at 500 by the time May is over, we're just gonna like do reviews on Rocket Power. Yes, um, go, SpongeBob go. for sure. SpongeBob, of course, S- still going. Still I might go. talk about Rugrats because that was a great show we we grew up on. Why not? Hey, e- even with all the conspiracy theories yeah, out who there. Cares? The uh, hey Arnold, classic. Hey Arnold. <laughs> See, I could just talk about that stuff for days. So, See, but this put smiles on our faces. Now we're happy. Now, like, we're, I might now actually make a show poster, but just Raymundo. Like that would be great. Like that would actually gonna... that. That that might just attract listeners itself. So you I, might want to do that. I think Al and I might actually just start another podcast about 90 shows and just talk about them. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what other thing we want to talk about? Because this is still a Red Sox podcast and we're not at the 90 show topics yet. So Chris Sale is, is something that is baffling my mind. So Red Sox starters started 0-8. Since then, they've all gotten a win, except for Chris Sale. He still looks off. Claims he feels better. He, he looks a little better, and I don't want to say he's been garbage, but you paid Chris Sale. Chris Sale is still hanging out at Weenie Hot Juniors, and some imposter is showing up on the mound. Because right now, I don't know what it is. His slider now looks off as well. He's still not really getting swings and misses. And besides that 10 strikeout game, what have you really gotten from Chris Sale to say he doesn't deserve to maybe sat down for a little bit, maybe put a fake IL stint, 
Um, I, I don't know what's going on here, but this is really starting to get concerning because now it's a month in. It's a month sample size. And for a starting pitcher that you just paid a king's ransom to continue to be the ace of your staff, that's it. You're not getting anything from him. I'm playing the world's smallest violin because right now the guy who's my binky, like Xander Bogarts, is your binky. I can't hold it together. At least my binky this is like successful. Stinks. He stinks right now. Chris Sale is terrible. I don't understand it. This guy used to be able to throw 95, 96, 97, hit 99, even hit 100. Now he's lucky if he can hit 93. And the thing with Sale is he used to get so many swings and misses on his off speed, whether it was a slider or his changeup. He's not getting that this year, Jared. And another thing he's not getting, he's also not getting ahead in counts. And when he does get ahead in counts, hitters find a way to get it to 2, 2, and 3, 2, driving his pitch count up. That's why it doesn't last long in games. I've said that for probably three episodes now, but I don't care. It's the truth. And Chris Sale, it's just amazing. I will say this. 98% of this is Chris Sale's fault. I will say that. 1% I blame on the lineup because there have been a few games where the lineup just didn't show up. The Oakland game in Oakland where he actually gave up only one run, they didn't show up. The game that he pitched at home against Tampa, he gave up two I think it was Tampa. I could be wrong. But he gave up two runs and they didn't show up. There was No, I'm sorry. It was the Tigers game that they didn't show up. I'm sorry. Not the Rays. The Tigers game. My fault. And then the other 1% that I blame it on is the defense a little bit at times. Because in the Tampa game the other day, you got Jackie Bradley Jr., gold glove center fielder, can't track down a fly ball, prolongs the inning, makes Sale's stat line look worse than it actually is. So I get it, Chris Sale hasn't executed, but you can't tell me it's 100% Chris Sale. There's got to be other factors in there. The record is 0-5. Thirty, thirty, and the, I mean, the record. I always put an asterisk because, like you said, right? There's game. Like he got, he had one run and lost. Like, he, that, like that's not his fault. Um, he's pitched six games, zero and five. Thirty innings pitched, thirty-two strikeouts. So he's basically averaging a strikeout an inning, which is not Chris Sale at all. Nope. Like he does not average a strikeout an inning when he's on. So no, he's not looked good. His war is a negative 0.3. Negative 0.3 war for all you war people out there. I know you're out there. I know you're out there. I, I just threw up a little. Yep. Okay. I, that's what that's what war makes me do in general. The stat was what you just did to reaction to that. So I don't really care about war, but you look at his ERA 6.3. His career ERA is under three. We know this isn't Chris Sale. I'm convinced it's some imposter that he's just, I, I don't know. But this isn't Chris Sale. Hasn't won a game yet. Only Red Sox started now, though, not win a game. And I think this is the longest he's gone, has to be, without winning a game in a season at all. So something has to give here, whether it's let – me, let me actually – let me pose this to you for a question of the week, I guess. Not framing that at all to Al here. Right into the triangle question you know, of the week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Can I get, uh, who is this for 500, please, Al? Um, look, you look at this situation. One of two things can happen. What do you think happens first? Chris Sale goes out with a IL stint, fake or real, whatever it may be, or he turns it around. What happens first? What comes first, chicken or the egg? I'm going to say he turns it around. I, this is going to be the 
eternal optimist in me about Chris Sale. He's just too good and has too good of stuff not to figure it out and not to be able to locate his pitches and give himself a better chance at winning baseball games. I don't think he would go on the IL if he really didn't have to because he's just that type of guy where he'll own up to it. And what's the big deal if you say, yeah, I have an injury. Now I'm going to sit out. I tried to push through it. Now I'm going to sit out. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So you know what? I still say he finds a way to turn around. There's going to be one start where it all just clicks and then watch out. He's going to go on a five to six start streak where he has quality starts and gives the Red Sox a chance to win. Al, I'm going to test your memory. We've been together for a few episodes now, right? We've been doing the show. This is episode, we have. This is episode three, officially. Three and Technically a half, four. Yeah, three and a half, whatever. Three, three and a half. A beginning of the show, I, I expressed my feelings about ownership. And just the Red Sox in general. Do you remember what that was? You hate the ownership. I know yes. that for a fact. Okay, good. We're on the same page there. Yes. I agree with you that Chris Sale will turn it around before he goes on the IL. For maybe a different reason. Red Sox don't want the PR hit, man. That's it. They, they just paid this dude the contract that they did. And now if they, all of a sudden he goes 0-5 in the first month of the season, they get thrown on a phantom IL stand when we all know there's something wrong with him. Like, we know he's not 100%. But... The fact that if he goes 0 5 and does this right after he gets paid, and then we know that he's still not healthy, then why do you pay the guy this money? So this goes down to ownership. And right then, I mean, they even came out and said they messed up Lester, right? This is what they said. He, they said, you know, we really botched the uh, John Lester negotiation. Uh, well, duh, Larry Lucino's an idiot. And that's who fucked it up. Yeah. Because, quote unquote, Larry Lucino ran the Red Sox. Um, you, you look at what this ownership does. They overcompensated for something they did, and they regret, and I hope they do because Lester's still killing it. I'd still rather have John Lester right now than Chris Sale. You won a world, you would have won a World Series if you paid Lester and didn't get Chris Sale because Lester's been dominant. Lester helped the Cubs win a World Series. So, and Lester he was did. dominant in that postseason because that's what John Lester does. I would 10 times out of 10 take regular season John Lester, which isn't always 100% consistent, but then postseason John Lester, which is just nails, you know, Icicles through his veins, King of the North, that crap. I don't even watch Game of Thrones, I, I, and I'll use that I, reference. All right, miss, all right, Mr. Game of Thrones, let's chill out over there. Don't it's watch a Red Sox podcast. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Uh, Good, I don't either. So, that, oh crap, we might have just lost some followers. But hey, so you look at that versus Chris Sale, who's meh, hurt, and on top of that, has some postseason success, but he can't see on the field. I'm taking John Lester. And still right now, to this day, I still might actually rather take John Lester because of the playoff record, but also because he's been so consistent in terms of just being able to keep innings pitched. And yeah, he's had bad starts in the regular season, but, and he hasn't been as dominant as Chris Sale, but he gets you to the playoffs and he wins in the playoffs. And that's what, and so I look at the ownership and go, you know what? They don't want the PR hint because they already made a mistake once. And now they're going to have to admit they made another one by paying the guy. Well, you have, you, you have a guy, you have a guy in there that cares more about his soccer teams than he does the actual Red Sox. I'm convinced that John Henry cares more about his, you know, soccer and his, you know, whatever leagues they're in, as opposed to this actual Red Sox team. I'm fully convinced of that. You can't tell me otherwise. Liverpool has had a lot of success lately. This isn't a Premier League podcast. This isn't a Liverpool podcast. But no, for a guy who does watch some Premier League soccer over here, Liverpool has been consistently good the last few years. And I can tell you there's been some money dumped into that team. Where do you think Gee, that money's where from, Jared? Where do you where think do that money's from, coming from, Big Al? Where 
Where do they get it, Jared? Where does the money come from? Does it grow on trees? Yeah, in Boston. Oh, okay. And they ship I it up. They ship it to the UK. <laughs> I, if you had said ship it up to Boston, I would have booed you right there on the spot. No, I would have unsubscribed from our own podcast. I would have just been done with it. Uh, okay, good. Good. I would have made you do that. <laughs> yeah, I would have just stopped. Been a supporter <laughs> of our own podcast. All right. Uh, since we got into Liverpool talk, I guess we'll end it there for the week. But look. Yeah, jeepers. This team needs some help. Recap of the show. Michael Chavis is king. 2019 World Series hero. Chris Dale has a bum elbow and something's going on. He needs to get his act together. Raphael Devers, meh defensively mm. and well Dustin Woodrace should still retire and 90s cartoons were great yeah that might be a new show topic we'll see we'll see how next I'll see how the rest of this we'll see how the rest of this week goes if I lead next week's show with rocket power quotes and like talking about sh- uh, shoobies then you know something happened or you just talk about how they got sand in the potato salad got sand in the potato salad <laughs> what a great episode Al were you a shoobie I was not a shoebie. Were you a I can admit fully. Can confirm, not a shoebie. Can, can confirm, big L, not a shoebie. All right. Uh, non-shoebie <laughs> guy over there, Jared Skelly here. Uh, don't forget to follow the podcast. Now officially on iTunes, we got the approval from Big Apple. Woo! Hooray! Uh, go, go subscribe, leave us some reviews there. That's only going to help us as the season progresses. Um, whether you like negativity or not, I, I promise I am positive at some point. So go check it on iTunes. We're on Spotify as well. Uh, obviously, every episode gets pot up to the uh, Couch Guy Sports website as well written by Big Al himself, so go listen there if you're already on the website. Keep it. You can hit play. You can do this. I've proved it. You can hit play and then go browsing still around the website to read other great content that we're putting out. So go do it. Yes. Go check out, besides that, go check out the other podcasts too. We got from the Rafters podcast, Couch Guy Hollywood, Couch Guy Sports podcast that Jared and Nick Qualia do, and they do a great job. I've listened to it themselves. They might owe me a t-shirt down the line, but that's uh, to be determined. Go buy one. But uh, yeah. There's a store. Go, go hit purchase. No, no, no. I refuse. I will not do that. <laughs> go support your own damn network. All right. Leave it there. That's also a small <laughs> plug. Go to the store. Buy some merch. Help Couch Guys support out. Uh, we like to put our own money into this stuff, but sometimes a little extra funding helps helps go a long way. Um, to help help us. We're poor. Please yeah. help us. We're poor. Didn't say we're poor. Just said we like the help. We're, we're not poor, but we need money. We could use the help. It's, it's okay. We admit that. Um, but hey. A lot of good content being pumped out on Couch Guys' website as well. So go check out all the good stuff, other podcasts, our podcast. We'll be back next week. Again, Shuby Al over there. Not Shuby Al over there. Jared Scally over here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Again, this is the Triangle Podcast. Couch Guy Sports. <laughs>